Welcome to the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Claude Brown. I'd like to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to another week of Barnabas Speaks. If this is your first time listening, this is your first time watching, the Barnabas Speaks Podcast, a podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment, a podcast about faith. I'm a faith man, and everything every week I, I seek to um, speak and talk and, and to converse over things that would help increase your faith, help empower you, and help encourage you. Thank you for coming out, and I want to thank you for, for those that have been continued listeners, my faithful and loyal listeners. I want to thank you for listening each week and also sharing and telling people about it. Once again, my name is Cloyd Brown, and I'd like to welcome you to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. So, the past few weeks, we have been talking about millennials. Started off on the idea of Renaissance Man, it kind of just kind of catapulted into millennials, and... Uh, I know that as Father's Day comes up, I'm supposed to continue talking about, uh, I'm supposed to talk about fathers and things of that nature, but I want to continue on our conversation about millennials. And so in our conversation about millennials, we've been talking about how, last week we talked about how it was up to the millennial to change the perspective of things. And I saw this interesting thing. Um, uh, there was a post uh, that somebody uh, sent me and uh, captured a picture of. And it was a it was something about history and something a comment that somebody said is millennials, and I think what we have we have come to do is to continuously blame millennials for anything that we dislike. If it, we we tag this thing, this idea of oh man, uh, they said something that I disagree with. They said something that doesn't seem that great. Oh man, they just must be a millennial. First off, most people just uh, don't realize uh, that what the millennials are, who the millennials are. And we talked about this, and we said that the millennials are anyone that was born between 1981 and 1996. Uh, I want to make sure that is correct. Let's make sure we look that up. Now, I don't want to uh, uh, give you wrong information. I always want you to feel like you're informed. And so the millennial age range is anyone born between 1981 and 1996. I was correct. So they are, right now they are anywhere between the ages of 22 and 37. Uh, and so with that being said, uh, there's always this desire to label, uh, to label people. Uh, to label, we have to have a label. We have to have a hashtag. We have to have something that we can blame. And the scary thing about it as we as we uh, discuss millennials and their role in society and the, those different things, oftentimes we never consider we never consider that anything that's wrong with quote unquote wrong with a generation, the previous generation, should blame themselves. And I say that to say that there is no, there's no, if we understand that all behavior is learned and uh, all behavior, if all behavior is learned, we realize that the learning must start somewhere. And so to, to learn, you must have a teacher, whether it's experience or you have a physical teacher or person. And so majority of our learning from, from, baby, for, uh, from, huh, excuse me, uh, from 
birth until probably about the 18th, some people 20, 22, 23, and then so on, is gathered through experience, but also through someone teaching and educating. And you think about the first 18 years of your life, you have a, a guardian or a parent uh, that is directing you and in, in, in guiding you through life. And so if, if we're going to say, man, I'm, I'm sick of these millennials or I'm sick of these zennials or I'm sick of this uh, Generation Z, whatever you want to name the generation, all those different things. If you are to, to blame someone, then you must begin to look in the mirror and say, where did I, where did I fail? Just like any parent that uh, has to think about how they raise their kids and they hope that they, they gave their kids the foundation. Now, how we actually got in the conversation on millennials, we were talking about millennial parents and one of the things, one of the verses I used uh, spoke on that parents or fathers should not drive their kids to wrath. But one of the the the, the, the key things it says that uh, in, in, in Scripture, one of the things you find it says, teach your children in the way that they should go. Raise your children in the way that they should go. So that when they become old, they will not depart of it. It shall be like an ornament around, a more ornament around their neck. It is a that like when you whatever you teach and pour into people, it is is an ornament around the neck. It's something. It's the foundation. So if you think about the foundation, I was actually talking to my friend Emire about this the other day. When you think about the foundation, you 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 must consider that the 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 foundation helps to. Uh, the foundation helps to 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 provide. A starting point, a starting point for a house. And if the foundations is off, is off, the house is off. Uh, when I lived in Charleston, there was this neighborhood called uh, Westcott Plantations, and there was a complaint that a lot of the houses would start to sink because where they put the foundation, it was not good ground, so houses would begin to sink and, and to be uneven, and, and so it became a problem. And people were grab, there were people in the neighborhood gathering for a lawsuit because the foundation was not poured in, on, on good ground, and also that it, the foundation was not stable. If your foundation is not stable, if, if the things that you are putting into people, the things that you're pouring into a generation is not stable, then you must consider that. That they're going to sink. That things are not going to go the way that we would expect them to, the way that we want them to, because the foundation is bad. There's a crack, there's a break somewhere in the foundation. And so so it is as people continue to 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 villainize to villainize uh, or vilify rather uh, millennials, which I fall into that category of millennial because I was born in 1983. As they vilify us for being all things that's wrong with this world, we we must consider as a culture, as a society, that whatever the millennials did, they did what was handed to them. They did with what they were taught with them. And if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be real with ourselves, that we do not have room to point fingers and label. Me, being a millennial is not the sum of who I am. And so now I'm getting down to the, the crux of, 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 of the, this, this podcast is that oftentimes 
millennials, my fellow millennials, that what ends up happening is that we are we are labeled merely by a generation. Nothing more, nothing less. Merely by a generation. And oftentimes, the people that are labeling us only have a small sample size. And the other side of it is they have no Garrett, they have no uh, factual evidence that the person that they're talking about, the person that, 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 that is speaking up, is in fact a millennial. What is true, what is factual, is that every, every generation has come under fire from their, their predecessors or their previous, the previous generation as seen as the person that was going to bring the world down, they're going to bring down the progress and all that different stuff. But the reality is that what we are doing in the world today is basically what we were handed, and we're trying to make the best of what we were handed. So we cannot help what we inherited, but we, we are not, we're also not responsible for how we receive what we receive, but we are responsible for what we're going to do with it. And we cannot become a some. We cannot allow people to label us and to to define who we are. In the book of uh, of Genesis, there's a young man named Jacob. And if you've listened to my podcast before, you know I've spoken about Jacob before. The name Jacob was given to him by his parents. Jacob means supplanter or heel grabber. The way he came up with this, we have to understand how Hebrew names work, is that when he, generally Hebrew names have a meaning. And so the name Jacob means heel grabber, supplanter. Some would say that he's a hustler. Some would say that he was conniving. But the reason why is that when he was born a twin, his brother Esau, his brother Esau was the oldest. And as Esau was coming out, there was, a, there was Jacob grabbing his heel. And so from that point forward, they said that he's a heel grabber, he's a supplanter, he's a hustler, he's conniving, he's deceitful, he's manipulative. And because of this one moment in his life, he had become labeled by this. And everything else after that, he, 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 um, he lived up to his name. But we must begin to ask ourselves if he was never named Jacob, would, that, would he have assumed that nature? Oftentimes, what we do is we label things how we perceive them, and we now place on it for it to be this thing. But the reality is that it that we are multifaceted. I think I want to bring a poem that my pastor speaks about so much because I think it, it greatly defines or greatly uh, it it greatly. Uh, personifies what I'm trying to say. And so the, uh, the, the, the poem is called The Blind Men and the Elephant. It was six men of Indostan, to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant, and happening to fall against his broad and sturdy side, at once began to bawl, God bless me, but the elephant is very like a wall. The second feeling of the tusk cried, Ho, what have we here? So very round and smooth and sharp. To me, tis mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant is very like a spear. Third approached the animal and happening to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly up and spake. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a snake. The fourth reached out 
an eager hand and felt about the knee. What about this wondrous beast is like? Is mighty plain, quoteth he. Tis clear enough the elephant is very like a tree. The fifth who chanced to touch the air said, Even the blindest man can tell what this resembles most. Deny the fact who can. This marvel of an elephant is very like a fan. The sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope than seizing on the swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a rope. So these men of Andostan disputed long, loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceedingly stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right, and all were in the wrong. Though each was partly in the right, and all were in the wrong. What we begin to do, why this poem uh, means so much to what we're speaking about today, is what we begin to do is that we'll get a part of something, we'll get a part of a person, and we will begin to label them for that thing that we have encountered. And we forget that people are multifaceted, multidimensional, and that they can be more than one thing. And so when we grab them, when people grab us, the millennials, up, we have to, they, they label us as one thing. And I, as an empower, as an encourager, am here to tell you, beloved, that you don't have to be that one thing. You don't have to be what people labeled. What Jacob had began to do is he began to assume what his parents named him and what people said he was. And so he began to believe that that's what he was. And so what I'm telling you, beloved, that you, my beloved and fellow millennials, that you do not have to fall into line of what people have labeled you. I don't care what it is. You don't have to fall into line to do to, to, to these specific things that people say that you have to be. If God didn't say it, then you don't have to be it. What ends up happening to Jacob is that one night he begins to wrestle with an angel. Some say it was angels. Some people say that it was God. Some, some just say that it was a hand and all these different things. But he began to wrestle. And as he began to wrestle, he said, the, 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 man, the man, whoever he was wrestling with said, let me go. And he said, I will not go unless you bless me. And he said, what is thy name? He said, this is what, what the, the, the man or the angel or, or God, whoever he was wrestling with, asked him. He said, what is thy name? He says, my name is Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob. I'm renaming you. You will no longer be what people said you were. And what I'm here to tell you, beloved, what I'm here to tell you, millennials, what I'm here to tell you, Generation X and Generation Z and all in between, that you don't have to be what people labeled you. What the, what, the, what, what the millennial generation is seeking to do is break the, the chains of what people have labeled us. We have been labeled this, this, and that. And the reality of it is, and as we as we enter, or as we are, are, are products of the, one of the most technologically technological advanced ages, one of the most uh, intelligent generations, one of the, 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 the people that have the greatest access to information and all those things. As we are in that time, we have come to the conclusion that we can be multifaceted and that we can fill many voids if we would stop holding on to what people said that we were. And what I'm here to tell you, beloved, if you listen to right now, you watching right now, you don't have to be what they said you were. You may have been what they said you were, but you don't have to be. 
You don't have to be falling into this thing that, oh, millennials are this, millennials are, 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 are all this. And what, what I want to let you know is that whatever they say about you, while it may be true, their perception of, of whether it's good or bad is not something that you have to take up. What do you mean, Cloyd? What I am saying is that some say that 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 that, that you're unstable and that you won't that, that you won't say stay stay with one job. Well, that's great, but they say it with a negative connotation. But what I would say perceive is that that you won't give up seeking what you're good at and what you're called to and looking for your purpose. Some may say that. That, that millennials are, 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 are not buying houses and so that they're, they're not settling down. But what I would say is that although you're not buying houses, you become, you, became, you become mobile and agile. And so whenever you need to go and do something, whether it's to move across the country or whether it's to, 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 to start a new business, you have, the, you have the freedom, the collateral to do so. So you're not, you're not stationary, but you're very mobile. Some may say that, peop- that millennials are having children young, uh, older rather than younger and what I am here to say that while you may be having children older you're getting all the, the, the immaturity you're, you're, you're tra- but you're also traveling you're doing all things young so that by the time you have your, your children by the time you settle down and all those different things you'll be stable and, and not have any regrets on what you wish you would have done before the children come what I'm trying to tell you is that whatever they perceive you to be this is not the perception that you have to take up on yourself millennials live and be free Millennials live and be free. Generation X, live and be free. You are not stuck to a label. Release yourself from what people told you you were. And ask yourself, you know that I, you know, you know, you know that I'm a faith man and I'm going to work some faith in this every time. I'm going to intertwine it every chance I get. And what I have to say to you is that forget what they said about you and ask yourself, what does God say about me? What did God call me? He told me that I was no longer Jacob, but I am Israel because I have struck with God and man and I have prevailed. And what I'm here to tell you is that you don't have to be what they said you were. You may have been what they said you were, but you don't have to be what they said you were. I know it sounds like a play on words, but I'm saying is that all the things that they have said about you may be true, but that doesn't mean that it has to be true in your future. You have an opportunity. We live in an information age. We live in a, a shifting generation where we allow that we're a bunch of different hats and that we can always pivot and be something else. What I'm telling you now, you have access to information. You have the freedom to do so. You have the freedom to just pivot in any direction you need to pivot in to change who you are. Okay, so this is for the people that, that may not believe or are struggling and feel like they've sinned too much. The word in, in, the, in the Acts, as Peter is preaching, they ask Peter, they, they would struggle at the heart and say, Peter, what shall we do? And he says, repent. And now we believe, we've been, we've been, we have been taught that repent just means ask for forgiveness. No, repent actually means to change. That means to change and shift your ways, to change your mind about something. And what I'm saying is that, so all those things that maybe you stumbled, maybe you have been all the things, the negative thing that they said, but repent to yourself and change your direction. You have the ability to shift and change your direction. That's what millennials can do better than anyone else is to, to, to reinvent themselves. They, they're not reinventing the wheel, but they're, they're coming to their true self. <clears throat> Let me tell you about me. I spent 10 years in the Air Force, and one day God said, it's time for me to pull you out of the Air Force. And I said, okay, I'm leaving. And so right now I am I'm maneuvering and, and, and pushing and figuring out a way to, 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 to rebirth and reinvent myself. 
that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. That that that's what I'm doing because I am not who, who God said that I was. I'm not. What I'm saying, beloved, is that we have a choice. What I was allowed to do, what God allowed me to do is to pivot. How are you pivoting, Cloyd? I discovered that I had an interest in human resources, and that's what I'm doing right now. I am pursuing my Master's of Business Administration, or MBA, with the concentration of human resources. I pivoted. And I was able to pivot because I didn't have to be what everyone said that I was. Oh, you're military, and you did the Air Force, you did aircraft maintenance, you should get a job in aircraft maintenance. I was changing my career, and I had to pivot. And I had to be okay with sometimes taking a step back and realizing that <clears throat> I'm not the expert that I was. I have experience, but I have to match some education. I have to match, I have to pull from other people's education and other people's learning, other people's experiences to learn so I can pivot into a new direction. I had to repent. I had to change my mind. I had to change my direction. So whatever you've done, wherever you've fallen, maybe, 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 maybe you were addicted, addicted to drugs and maybe you were uh, a, an alcoholic or, or maybe you, you, you flunked out of school or, or maybe you, you haven't been the best father or maybe you haven't been the best mother or maybe you haven't been the best brother or sister or best friend, but it's never too late to pivot. It's never too late to change direction. You may have been, and I'm going to keep on saying it till you get it, you may have been everything they said you were, but that does not mean that you have to be what they said you were. Repent. Change directions. Allow yourself to change directions. Allow yourself the room to say, I made a mistake and I was that. And you get to be honest with you. You have to be honest with yourself. Yes, I was addicted to pornography, but I'm not anymore. I was unfaithful to my boyfriend. I was unfaithful to my girlfriend with a fill in the blank, but I don't have to be unfaithful anymore. I now can be monogamous. I was strung out on crack, but I am clean and sober now, and I don't have to go to that direction no more. I was an alcoholic, and I had to have a drink every night just to rest my mind, but I am no longer that. I skipped class every day, and I was, and I was a dropout, but I am no longer a dropout. I'm a graduate. I was a poor worker. I went to, I went to work late every single day but I am no longer a poor worker I get up every every day early so I can get to work on time what I'm saying is that you can change and pivot your direction and I don't care what millennial I don't care what they said about you I don't care what they're saying about you you do not have to fulfill their perspective you get to choose who you are and beloved I'm telling you you don't have to listen 
you don't have to succumb to the pressure of fulfilling their perspective about you. They can see whatever they want to see in you. It could be negative, it could be positive. But you don't have to be that thing. You don't have to be like your quote-unquote no good daddy. You don't have to be vindictive like your mother. You don't have to be argumentative like your brother. You don't have to be forgetful like you were. You don't have to be merciless like what you've seen. You don't have to be that. You don't have to be the, 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 the mindless, ignorant millennial as they, 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 they label us. We are not that. Just because they say that we're that doesn't mean that we are that. What, the, what I'm trying to release from you, release you from rather, is the pressure of fulfilling their expectations. I'm relieving you from the pressure of feeling like you have nowhere to go. What I'm telling you is that there's always an exit ramp. You can always change directions. You're not limited to what they said about you. You can be all of the above and you can be none of the above. Beloved, I believe in you. I'm here to encourage you, empower you. The problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees, more so with the problem when Jesus went back to Galilee and they saw Jesus, only thing they could see him as, as Mary and Joseph's son. So much so that the Bible said that he could not, he did not do many miracles there. That's why he says a prophet is welcomed everywhere but his home. He's rejected at home. Because they could not get past who he was. So they labeled him who he was, not able to receive who he is. There are going to be some people in your life that cannot get past who you were. So much so that they cannot see who you are. Whatever they labeled you as, whatever they told you that you were, you don't have to be that thing. You don't, you don't have to, 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 to sit in that thing. You don't have to, quote unquote, go back to the basics. You don't have to. Go back to being who you were, to be welcomed, to be accepted. Because some people are not going to accept the change. Your repent, they're not going to accept your repentance. They're not going to accept your change of direction. And their, their total focus is to continue to remind you who you were. But you don't have to fulfill their expectations. You can be a changed man. You could be a changed woman. But additionally, you could, you can, you could have, and you could be what they say that you are. 
but you can still be so much more. Jesus never stopped being Joseph and Mary's son. He never stopped being the carpenter's son. He would have always been that. But he is also the Messiah. He's fully man and fully divine. All at the same time. So you may be all those things that they said that you are. But you're also so much more beloved. Maybe you still do. Maybe you still struggle with drinking. But that doesn't make you any less of a person. You Maybe you're still trying to shake the drugs, the weed, the crack, the cocaine, the heroin, the prescription pills, the Percocets, and the, 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 the Vicodin. You, you're still trying to shake that. Maybe you haven't completely shaken the, the addiction to pornography off. Maybe you haven't shaken that sometimes you have a bad attitude off. Maybe you haven't shaken that sometimes you're unapproachable. But you don't have to be limited to that. You are not limited to their perspective, their perception, their expectations. I started this off as the Renaissance man and the Renaissance woman. And beloved... We as millennials, we as a generation must realize that we are renaissance men and women. That means that we have many varying interests. And we're seeking to be to well to be well cultured, to be well studied in many different directions. And we're not limited with the, to the labor that they paste on us. So to those listening that are used to 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 to, to labeling us millennials as everything but good, maybe you're right, but you're also wrong. Maybe you're right, but you're also wrong. The end of the poem said this, and so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceedingly stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right and all were in the wrong, though each was Partly in the right, and all were in the wrong. So Generation Z, I mean Generation X rather, baby boomers, all those different labels that you label us with, you may be partly right, but you are all wrong. We are greater than that. Jesus was greater than just being Joseph and Mary's son. Doesn't mean that he wasn't. But he is still Jesus the Christ, son of the living God. Moses very well may, may have a speech impediment, but he is also the Moses that led the children out of Israel. The rumors were that Noah was a drunk. Noah may have been a drunk, but he was also the man that listened to God and built the ark before the rain came. David was a murderer and adulterer, but he was also the man that wrote the songs and also was uh, the man that was a man after God's own heart. Solomon had multiple, way too many wives, but he was also the wisest man in the Bible. I can go on and on. 
I can continue. And what I want you to hear me say is that while they may be partly right, they are also wrong. You're greater than what they labeled you as. You're greater than what they say you were. So stop allowing their limitations, their labels, to keep you from pursuing the thing that you want to pursue. If you want to write a book, write a book. If you want to write a script, write the script. If you want to start a podcast, start the podcast. If you want to, if you want to be a blogger, be a blogger. If you want to switch lanes and from from business and finance and going to journalism, do it. If if you realize that entrepreneurship is not for you and you want to go back into working for a corporation and working in corporate America, do it. You're allowed to repent. You're allowed to change your direction. You're allowed to change your mind. You don't have to be what you, you don't even have to be what you labeled yourself. You could be more than that. It's okay. Because they were all partly wrong. Rather, they were all partly right, but all were wrong. Until next time, God bless you. Hey there, you have just listened to another episode of the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Cloyd Brown, and I would like to thank you for taking the opportunity or taking that time to listen to this podcast. I would like to take this time to give you my content information. So why would you need my content information? Well, if you want to speak more about your relationship with Christ, maybe you want to speak about starting your relationship with Christ, or maybe even you just have questions, comments, concerns, or you would just like to reach out to me to find out more about the podcast. If you would like to do that, I would like to give you my email address and my social media accounts. My email address is cloyd.brown at rocrdu.com. Once again, that's cloyd.brown at rocrdu.com. My Instagram is at Cloyd Brown. My Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. And my Facebook is Cloyd Stephon Brown. So I'm sure you're wondering, how do you spell Cloyd? My name is spelled C-L-O-Y-E-D. Once again, that is C-L-O-Y-E-D. Additionally, if you would like to obtain my book entitled The Becoming, Helping the Christian Disciple Gain a Practical Perspective and the Relationship with Christ, you can do so one of two ways. One, if you want an autographed copy, you can hit me on any of my former mentioned modes of contact. But also, you can go to Amazon.com, type in The Becoming, the becoming Helping the Christian Disciple Gain a Practical Perspective and the Relationship with Christ, and order it that way. It is $10. I would appreciate your support. I love you. God bless you. And remember... Never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God.